This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit a medium when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And we are covering the 2022 Senior Bowl, which is huge if you're a Jets fan for two reasons. Number one, the Jets have a lot of picks in the top 100, so you want to get to know these prospects. And number two, their coaching staff is down there coaching one of the teams. Ron Middleton, who we know was interim head coach for one game when Robert Sala missed the game due to COVID, he's down there leading one of the squads. And so we want to make sure that we get this covered from all different angles. And so to talk about about this first we'll talk with Tyler Fornis who covers college football for NBC Sports also writes for Vikings Wire and Daily Norseman and a fellow hardcore wrestling fan so always good to talk to somebody that knows the new Japan logo Tyler thanks for coming on brother yeah I appreciate having me on it's it's been a really fun first day of practice and I'm excited to get talking about it Let's start with what's of particular interest to Jets fans, how the coaching staff was interacting with players, if there were any players that some of the staff seemed to be paying extra special attention to. What did you notice? Um, The big thing I noticed about the coaching staff is the practice was just pretty fluid. There there really wasn't any big bumps in the road. Uh, The coaches weren't afraid to coach up these players, which sometimes you can kind of see in an all-star game where players don't necessarily want to be coached. It it felt like a a really high-end 
practice for an all-star game. And I thought that was really impressive from uh, the Jets staff. Let's talk about some of the players specifically now from both squads. And we'll start with the national team. Who did you notice? Who really stood out day number one? I had read some reports that Kobe Bryant, the cornerback from Cincinnati that isn't Ahmad Gardner and isn't the late legendary basketball player Kobe Bryant, did really well. Did that reflect what you saw? And who else stood out to you? Oh, I thought Kobe Bryant had a fantastic day. He had a couple of really nice pass breakups, including towards the end of the, the first session of practice where Carson Strom tried to hit his uh, college teammate Romeo Dubs on a goal route. And uh, Kobe Bryant just got underneath it and used tremendous ball skills to break it up. Uh, I thought he had an excellent day. Kind of an underrated guy considering Sauce Gardner played opposite of him, but Kobe had himself a really nice senior season as well. Uh, and I know uh, Jets fans need as many DBs as they can get and get kind of a, a, a similar but not too similar guy to what Jamal Adams brought to the table. Jalen Petre, the DB from Baylor, he was all over the field. He was uh, sticky in coverage, that really nice ball skills, uh, made a couple nice tackles in the uh in 11 on 11s as well. Um, He's not the same player as Jamal Adams, but as far as the versatility is concerned, he's going to bring a lot of those elements to the table. And I think Jets fans can be really excited about uh, Petre potentially going to uh, play for them up in New York. Um, My Jai Sanders, the defensive end from uh, Cincinnati, had a lot of really good reps and showed out from the running game as well. He and Daniel Falele had a really nice battle that Sanders ended up kind of dominating. Um, he, uh, one of the big things with him was, you know, is he big enough? You know, he only weighed in at 245, but he displayed quite a bit of power for his size, even taking Falele down with a straight bull rush, which was really, really impressive. Um, defensive tackle Perry and Winfrey from Oklahoma. Um, he just looks like a man. Uh, he's got long arms. He's just built thick. He, doesn't look like he has an ounce of bad weight on him. And he was able to really penetrate the offensive line uh, when we were watching 11 on 11s. And that those were on the defense side of the ball, the guys that really stood out the most to me. Um, I'm excited to really dive into the film here later tonight once they uh, put it up on uh, the app and kind of look a little more on one-on-ones with edge and offensive linemen because we didn't really get a a great chance to see it uh, from our vantage point today. Who stood out on the national team offensively? Offensively, um, number one guy was uh, Carson Strong. Um, And I know Jets fans don't need quarterback, but the ball just pops out of his hand. And that he did a really good job of kind of just making all the throws he needed. He showed a lot of mobility, uh, showed that his knee wasn't really an issue, which was awesome. A uh, couple running backs that were uh, had really good days. Arizona State's Rashad White. Um, he really flashed with his route running. Um, he was one of the top uh, route running um, and receiving backs in the country per PFF, and he really had that on display today. Um, he is able to really dip his hips and explode out of it to create separation. And as the week goes on, I think we're going to see more and more opportunities for him to show that. And I think that's really going to shoot his stock up moving forward. Tyler Batty, the running back from Missouri, he's just slippery. He's only 5'7", but he just has a way of getting around corners, getting through tacklers. And he was able to create some nice separation on some out and ups, some wheels, Texas routes. 
in uh, one-on-one drills. And I think he can be a really nice addition uh, to the, uh, to the New York jets. Uh, Jerome Ford, the the last running back I'll kind of touch on here before we kind of dive into receivers. He didn't really show a ton of versatility stuff, but he's got that extra gear. He was explosive. The second he got the ball, it was like you shot out of a cannon and having that element where you can really hit a home run on every play is something that I know can be really appealing to the Jets. as They try and um, speed up Zach Wilson's development. How about the American team? Anybody over there that you notice specifically on defense? Defense? Uh, there was a couple of guys. Um, one of them was Mario Goodrich, the cornerback uh, from uh, Clemson. He was just all over the place. He was breaking up passes. He was sticky in coverage. Uh, he showed really nice ball skills. And if you remember the Cheez-It Bowl, yeah, he had a couple really nice plays, at big plays, including that pick six where Brock Purdy basically batted the ball right into his hands. Uh, and he he showed up a lot. Um, then uh, Tariq uh, Wollen, the cornerback from uh, UTSA, only played the position a couple years. You can tell he's raw, but as uh, um, my boss Thor Nystrom says, he's just a tool shed. He's got everything. And when you have everything and you, you're still a little rougher on the edges, you can develop that and work with it. And especially with Robert Solid really liking to run a lot of that cover three, you can hide some of those deficiencies initially because he is, he has those kind of tools and he has the ball skills to be able to maximize those tools right away. You can teach him some of the technique stuff along the way. How about Jermaine Johnson? I was reading that he did really well during the practice too. Yeah, he did. Uh, he was very explosive and powerful. One of the things that Jim Nagy talked about with Jermaine Johnson was that the motor does not turn off. And you saw a little bit of that here today. Uh, at the end of practice, um, Deuce Staley, who's the acting head coach for the American team, picked Jermaine Johnson and Darren Kennard to be like that last one-on-one, kind of like that old school, like, hey, best on best. I, like, you guys just go at it. And Jermaine Johnson got the best of Kennard. And he is a guy that can really take a step to maybe even, I don't think he's going to get to a point where he's a top 10 pick, but he could easily become a top 15 guy with a standout week, great testing. We have a incredibly deep edge class and there's a lot of need across the league at edge, especially with the jets, not having consistency at that position since the, the days of John Abraham, maybe the jets are a team that can take two guys in that top 10 or take one guy drop down to like a 12 to 15 spot and then take Jermaine Johnson. Uh, this is a great year to need edge because there are a lot of players and Johnson's just the latest in a long line of uh, really nice pass rushers here at the senior bowl. You hit on a point that I want to come back to, which is certain players that you think would be really good for the Jets specifically. And of course, whether or not they take them with their own picks or trade down or trade up. And I want to come back to that in a little bit, but first Tell me about the offensive players on the American team. Oh, absolutely. The star of the day was Malik Willis. Uh, Just as Zach Wilson wowed everybody with his arm talent at his pro day, Malik Willis did the same here. It feels like the ball is just being shot out of a cannon when it leaves his hand. He has what I uh, refer to as a piss missile for an arm, and he did a great job distributing the football, working within structure, something he really didn't have to do or really wasn't asked to do at all at uh, 
Liberty because the offense was basically backyard BS that kind of like what you saw in the longest yard all um, then a tight end that I was really, really impressed by Daniel Bellinger from San Diego state. He was just consistent. He was running crisp routes. He caught about 10 passes today. Did not have any drops. I thought he was a standout among a tight end group that really looked strong coming into the week. We did not see Isaiah likely, unfortunately. And he was somebody I was really, really looking forward to. Um, one, two receivers that stood out, SMU's Danny Gray. Gray came in a, a lot smaller than we had anticipated just because college programs always, they always exaggerate how tall and how much some these guys weigh. Gray came in at a shade under six feet tall, like 185. And then he had one of the best catches of the day tracking a ball at the end of practice from Bailey Zappi. And he caught it beautifully in the corner of the end zone. They got a lot of gasps from the crowd. And then the last one is just a dynamic playmaker. Calvin Austin, third from Memphis. Uh, a lot of his stuff at Memphis was like bubble screens, slants, um, like crossers, just stuff to get him the ball in space. It's something you would kind of consider manufactured. But one thing that Memphis did – or sorry, that Austin did really well was he tracked the ball. He created separation in his routes. Uh, he had a deep ball that Malik Willis dropped in the bucket for him where he just completely blew by the cornerback. And it showed a level of dynamic explosiveness that can be utilized here uh, at the next level. It kind of reminds you of what guys like Tavon Austin and Percy Harvin brought to the fold because he has a lot of tools and you can utilize him in a lot of different ways, but he's got a level of explosiveness. Um, I've heard a couple of people talk to him about him like he's Tutu Atwell, but if Tutu Atwell wasn't 150 pounds, like it, this guy can be a really dynamic piece out of a slot and you get a creative offensive coordinator like uh, Mike LaFleur and you can have some real fun with him. Any specific players that stood out to you as potential Jets targets? I know we discussed the guys on the national team who you noticed the staff spending some time with and gelling with a little bit, but we talked about Jermaine Johnson. That's somebody that I think could be a Jets target. For me, the third best edge in this class after Hutchinson and Thibodeau. I know you could talk about Ajabu, but I'm not sure he's a great scheme fit for the Jets, so I really like Johnson for a variety of reasons that I've talked about several times. And there were a couple of other guys that you mentioned, Kobe Bryant, if the Jets don't get a cornerback, for example, early on, I'd like them to, but if they don't, that could be somebody maybe they get a little bit later on. Tell me about some of the players that you watched that you thought could be potential targets for the Jets and high-level ones at that. Absolutely. Um, one guy that uh, I didn't get to see a lot of today, but I absolutely love his college film that I think could be a really nice mid-round guy is Zach Carter, the edge out of Florida. They kind of used him in a multitude of ways that uh, he played a big edge. He played a buck and he can move inside and play two I and three technique. So you can utilize him um, in a, in a, a lot of different facets and having that kind of versatility on the defensive line, especially when you pair him with Quinn and Williams could be a really, really nice piece, especially when you want to stop the run early down, slide him on the interior and let him rush the passer. I know getting a Florida edge may trigger some Jets fans because we saw what happened um, a couple years ago. 
but but I'm telling you, he is he is a very good player. Um, Colby Bryant, I really think could be a nice player for the Jets, especially with the emergence of Bryce Hall. Uh, Petre, I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Kirby Joseph, the defensive uh, back from Illinois, flashed as well. That showed some really nice ball skills, uh, really nice click and close ability to be able to to kind of stick it to the ball carrier. Um, on the offensive side, I think I would be remiss to not mention Daniel Falele. I know my Jay Sanders really got the best of him today, but he got himself off balance too much. Falele was 387 pounds. He looks like he's chiseled out of stone. Like there isn't an ounce of bad weight on the man. He's six foot eight and a quarter. So he is just a mammoth human being. Uh, if you want a guy who can be a really nice right tackle opposite of uh, Mikai Becton, I think that you could re- get a really nice guy to Falele and he can move. He is not just a guy who can only do a man gap power scheme. He's going to be best there. But he can move. He can climb to the second level well enough on that right side. And when you pair those guys together, you could keep Zach Wilson safe for a long time. Want to ask you about some of the players that ended up not being there today. You talked about one of them, the tight end Isaiah Likely. Who are some of the other players you were looking forward to watching that ended up pulling out? Oh, uh, James Cook, the running back out of Georgia, is probably top of my list. I was very disappointed to see him. We saw in the playoff game that that Georgia really liked to match him up against a linebacker outside the numbers and just let him run routes. And it was a very successful strategy that they were able to employ. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see him here this week. I was hoping that uh, the coaching staff would try to utilize him in a very similar facet, but it just wasn't meant to be. Um, Florida linebacker Jeremiah Moon was another one that I wanted to see. Really used in a variety of roles, never really finding a true home. I wanted to see him in linebacker and edge drills to kind of see where his best transition to the NFL would be. He's likely going to be a mid-round guy. And the last one is SMU receiver Reggie Roberson. Heard that he's got like a little bit of an injury, which is preventing him, but it's not going to affect him long-term. It shouldn't affect him for the combine, but very disappointing. Really a nice punt returner, kind of like third receiver option, great straight line speed. Needs a little bit of technique work, but he could he's a guy that could help you as far as trying to run over the top. And in that offense where you're really trying to uh, run inside and wide zone and then play action, boot off of it and take deep calculated shots down the field, Roberson could have been a really nice ad for the Jets. But those guys, unfortunately, will not be here. Um, but there's still plenty of guys to really like out of this group and to really take a look at. And it's going to be a really fun week and awesome to kind of keep an eye on who progresses each day. Tyler, last question I had for you. Every year at the Senior Bowl, it's well known that it's almost like the football nerd version of some sort of gossip circle. There's always all kinds of rumors and buzz going on. A lot of stuff gets broken there. Anything you've heard in terms of buzz on certain prospects or any other whispers going on around the Senior Bowl? Um, I haven't heard a ton of uh, stuff here so far. Um, A lot of the chatter that I've kind of been hearing and seeing is stuff about Jim Harbaugh becoming the coach of the Minnesota Vikings. We'll kind of see how that progresses, but it is early in the week. We just got our first full day. A lot of networking doesn't necessarily happen during practice. It happens tonight. 
So there are going to probably be a lot of conversations going on um, myself. Um, and we'll kind of see how that goes moving forward and talking about like the hearsay. Um, but yeah, there's not a ton that necessarily happens at the event itself. It's, it's all about afterwards and going downtown, having dinner, having some drinks. And then that's, that's where all the stuff gets shared. Tyler, I will say one thing. I think it would be very interesting if the Minnesota Vikings ended up hiring Jim Harbaugh because if you remember when he went to the 49ers, he had Alex Smith help turn him around, but at the same time also drafted a quarterback that he really believed in for the long term, sat him behind Smith, and groomed him to be the future. That's something that perhaps could happen with the Vikings, and you cover the Vikings so you know this. Maybe Harbaugh comes in. You've got Kirk Cousins on the last year of his deal. You talked about Malik Willis before. That's the type of player that you might be able to sit behind Cousins for a year, really figure out how to best utilize him. The Bills originally planned to do that with Josh Allen his first year, but things got so bad that they had to push him in there before they were ready. We know the story with Trey Lance. We know the story with Patrick Mahomes. They're sitting at number 12. The Jets are at 10 and Washington is at number 11. Maybe the Vikings want to get that quarterback to sit behind Cousins. And in order to do it, they'd have to jump Washington. So I think if Harbaugh goes there, it could have some interesting ramifications for the Jets. I think it really could have some interesting ramifications. I don't know if the, if the Vikings keep Kirk Cousins for this year. I think it's going to be a long-term play. I don't think they're going to keep him on that one-year deal, especially with the $45 million cap hit. Um, Malik Willis is incredibly intriguing because Jim Harbaugh, throughout the course of his tenure as a head coach, has shown the willingness to adapt the offensive style that he wants to run based on the quarterback that's running it. You saw that with Kaepernick, Alex Smith, um, what they were doing um, this past year with Cade McNamara. He doesn't have an ego in that sense. He's got an ego in a lot of ways, but he will run whatever offense he feels is the most effective with the personnel he has. So I think that opens up the door for a lot of what could happen in the NFL draft. Um, It could be Malik Willis, who obviously we saw how great they were with Colin Kaepernick. And I wrote an article for the Vikings wire talking about how he projects very similarly to Josh Allen in a lot of ways because of how their college experiences went, where their strengths and weaknesses are, even though they're completely different players at the same time. Um, That could be a very intriguing option for the Vikings, but having Harbaugh here would do wonders for the perception of what this team is. It's going to show that the Vikings are incredibly serious and they don't just want to be relatively competitive every single year. So it, it's going to be a really fun week. The Vikings still are going to probably hire their coach this week. The Dolphins still need to hire their coach. Um, and then the Raiders, they just hired McDaniels. That press conference is going to be very interesting because of what happened with the Colts a couple years back. Like, and then the Saints are now looking as well. Like we're, we're going to have a lot of content coming out of the NFL. And then the Senior Bowl on top of it, it's a great time to be a football fan. 
Sure is. And if you're a Jets fan, this is unfortunately the best time of the year because they don't compete during the regular season. Hopefully, there are some players that are down there in Mobile with you, Tyler, that will help change that if the Jets are able to get them in April. Tyler Fornis, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to talking to you the rest of the week about what's going on down there. Before you run, tell everybody how they can find the work you're doing and interact with you on social media. Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at The Real Forno. I am currently writing a, a piece for NBC Sports Edge talking about how the quarterbacks did here today. You'll be able to see that, um, that Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. Um, and then we're going to be just follow along all throughout the Senior Bowl. I'm posting uh, clips of individual reps talking um, big picture stuff. It's a fun time. And uh, join us for the ride. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. As we continue our coverage of day number one of the Senior Bowl process, the first practice, wanted to get more than one vantage point of this because it's enormously important for the Jets since they've got their coaching staff down there and they've got four picks in the top 40. Everything that goes on down there is under a microscope for all Jets fans. So I wanted to bring you as much coverage of this as I can. And so, as they say in the medical profession, we've got a second opinion. Somebody else who had the opportunity to watch everything that went on down there. Our old friend Jordan DeLugo, return guest who runs the great website, thedraftjournal.com, and of course a reporter covering the Jaguars for Generation Jag. Jordan, thanks so much for coming back on the show, brother. Hey, just another day in this wild Jaguars coaching search. I mean, obviously, it's been a day. Before we get to what's going on down in Mobile, can you update us on the Jaguars situation? Because it is sort of relevant to the Jets in the sense that who they pick as their next head coach 
could play a role in who they decide to pick at number one, and then there could be a domino effect down to the Jets at number four. So what is the story there? What we had heard is that Leftwich was the guy they wanted, but Leftwich won't go unless they let him bring his own guy in to run the front office. Is that more or less what's going on now? And where are we at with that? Is there some sort of stalemate going on? Yeah, he wants Adrian Wilson. I believe everyone thought that was going to happen at the last moment. It looks like the Jaguars backed out of that because of um, handing over the reins to two guys that have never done, done it at that level before. Like Byron's never been a head coach. Adrian Wilson has never been a GM. And so that's what I've heard, you know, kind of getting scared off a little bit from the, an experience, if you will, for those certain positions. But look, they interviewed Rick Spielman for an unspecified high-ranking front office job today, apparently. They also apparently interviewed Doug Peterson for the second time to be head coach. Um, They are both represented by the same agency. So perhaps there's a connection there. Perhaps you're looking at some sort of Spielman- and Doug Peterson uh, pairing for the Jaguars. And yeah, I do think who is in charge is going to impact, obviously, Hmm. who the Jaguars take at number one. I was uh, informed, I believe, last week or the week before, as it stands right now, if they were on the clock and they had to draft, it would be Aiden Hutchinson is what I have heard. Um, Obviously, depending on who is making those decisions, come April uh, will will have a huge impact on that, like you said. And there's also talk that perhaps the Jaguars will wait till after the Super Bowl or till after Kevin O'Connell, the Rams offensive coordinator, is hired somewhere. Uh, they're going to try to wait and try to interview him is what I've heard as well. Fascinating stuff down in Jacksonville Never a dull moment down there I'll tell you that much Jordan Looking forward to seeing how that resolves itself Because I don't think This will be a shock to you I would prefer if Aiden Hutchinson didn't go number one The most prominent reason Being that The longer he's on the board There's probably a likelihood that Kayvon Thibodeau is also on the board a little longer Which means there's a better chance that one of them slides to number four Or that Joe Douglas can maybe only have to move up one spot If he really wants one of them So I would prefer the Jaguars take a tackle I do think they actually really need one But that's a whole discussion for another day I think you gotta protect that asset I also think there are a lot of guys that we're gonna be talking about Over the next couple of months Beyond Evan Neal who you and I discussed As the possible number one pick Who could be a guy that the Jaguars Could grab at number one or even in a different Spot that could help protect Trevor Lawrence and so let's talk About some of the guys that are down there On the offensive line and other positions Because the Jets are coaching The national team Ron Middleton Who was the interim head coach for the Jets That one game when Robert Sallow was out with COVID and who I Thought did a pretty good job is leading the effort There tell me what you saw On the defensive side of the ball In this practice from the National team defensively For the national team uh, Who do we got here Logan Hall is a guy That a lot of people have been watching I didn't see anything spectacular From him lined up on the edge Or lined up on the interior Uh, We'll dive deeper into him But he's out of Houston and if you remember Last year his teammate 
actually got drafted at the end of the first round by the Saints, Peyton Turner. They're similar in a lot of ways. I liked Peyton Turner a bit more than I do Logan Hall. But Logan Hall, um, I don't think he really impressed today. A guy on the interior of the defensive line who did really impress, Travis Jones uh, out of Connecticut. He's a guy that all the scouts have been talking about for months, um, probably going to be a midday two selection. The way he played today, he might be pushing up the board to be closer to the top of the second round. He is 6'4", 330 pounds, bowling ball type of guy, but he really plays with great leverage, gets up under the pads of interior offensive linemen, and he's just a lot stronger than most dudes out there. He's able to drive them back into the pocket, and uh, you saw that a lot today. Another guy, Majai Sanders, I don't know if we talked about him um, yet, but he's out of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I think we probably did talk about him, but mm-hmm. uh, he he lined primarily at 4i for the Cincinnati Bearcats, which was honestly playing him not not playing him to his strengths. And Luke Fickle, the Bearcats head coach, admitted that today you got to see him line up outside of the tackle, rush around the edge, and he put. Um, Daniel Falele in a blender and several other guys. He looked really good uh, for that national team. And I think Sanders is a guy that's going to be a better pro as long as he goes into the right system that allows him to just pin his ears back because he's got speed. He's got all the hand usage that you could ask for variety of moves. I think he's going to be a big time riser as we move through the week. How about the offensive side of the ball for the national team? What'd you notice? Well, they've got, in my mind, probably the two, maybe three best receivers uh, in this game are on the national team, maybe the top four receivers, honestly. You've got Christian Watson, who was getting open all day out of North Dakota State. He's six foot four and 211, but he has legit speed. He could run sub four four at that size, which is obviously tantalizing for NFL teams for a guy that can run that fast. He can go up and get the ball. He runs Pretty crisp routes. I don't think he has the best um, change of direction, but for a guy that big and that fast, he doesn't need to have it. And he he was really impressive today. He made a bunch of grabs uh, away from his body, kind of showing very nice body control, hand-eye coordination, and he was impressive. Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. Cincinnati kind of dominated the day. They've been dominating the Senior Bowl. And that's what happens when you have a team like Cincinnati – who makes it all the way to the college football playoff. They were a senior-laden team, a lot of talented guys. Alec Pierce is another uh, fantastic wide receiver. I think he's going to end up being a second, maybe third-round pick uh, because there is a ton of depth at wide receiver in this class. Um, he's just a do-it-all type of receiver. He can, he can win on the outside with physicality. We're out running. He's a very good athlete as well. Unfortunately, we did not get to see Jahan Dotson. He's not participating. Um, Khalil Shakur out of Boise State, he was their primary offensive weapon this year, but he came in with 29-inch arms, which is very prohibitive to outside success in the NFL as a receiver. There's not really anybody doing it on the outside with 29-inch arms. So, Is he going to have to slide in and primarily play from the slot at the next level? It's looking like it. Um, Romeo Dubs on the national team as well. 
he uh, he's been just kind of torching teams out west with with Carson Strong slinging him the rock down the field. Dubs is a, a home run hitter, nine route specialist, and he showed that today. Any players that you watched on the national team that the coaching staff spent time with that you think would specifically be a good idea for the Jets to investigate further? Yeah, are you feeling good about the tackle situation? I know that was a big topic today with Becton. Mm. Apparently, he's going to have to earn his spot back. So if you're looking at a tackle that could play interior early on or maybe just an interior guy, Zion Johnson, Mm -hmm. he played some tackle for Boston College. I do see him more as a guard, but he dominated today. I think he was the best offensive lineman on the field, regardless of position. He's going to be a guy that probably is going to slide into the first round. Um, Maybe there at the top of day two. I think if you could plug him into your offensive line, he's really going to help you out. But yeah, on this national team, you've got um, several tackles that could push for the first round, Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa. He's a big, nasty mauler. He he performed very well today overall. Um, Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan. He hasn't been playing football a long time, but he has incredible athleticism, uh, very tall, good, decent length. He has 33-inch arms, which is not prohibitive, but not great. Um, he didn't have his best day. I, I think he's a guy that, If you draft him, you are drafting him for the three-year projection, not for year one. I definitely don't really see him kicking inside the guard. Daniel Falele, he might be able to play guard just with his power. He's six foot eight. I mean, you don't really see that on the interior, but he's extremely powerful, fluid mover, good, um, really good in the run game, still working on the technique as a pass pro type of guy, but 6'8", 387 pounds, he is very difficult to get around. So, like, he just has that inherent advantage against everyone he faces with his size. And all three of those guys are on the national team. I wouldn't be surprised to see any of them go uh, late first round, early second round. You could see Raymond, people are freaking out about his athleticism. He could... Some people are talking about him going all the way up in the top 10, top 15. I don't see that personally, but uh, yeah, there's definitely some options there on the national team for you at tackle. And I know you guys are excited about defensive ends. My Jai Sanders, who I said uh, had a good day. I think he should be there at the top of round two. If you want to just take a swing at that, I think that would be totally um, within reason. Arnold Ebiketti, I don't know if we've talked about. He's only 6'2 out of Penn State, transferred from Temple over to Penn State. 6'2", but he has an 80-inch wingspan, 34-inch arms. So he's low to the ground. He's compact, but he has the arms to shock and shed offensive tackles. I think if you could land him uh, in the second round, that could end up being a home run as well. There's another edge rusher who was on the American team that I want to talk about in a little bit. My favorite player in this draft. Mm -hmm. By all accounts, he blew things up today, (laughs) and so we'll discuss him in a bit. But before we get to the defensive side of the ball with the American team, I want to talk about the offensive side of the ball with the American team. And you, by the way, just pinpointed one of my favorite players in this draft offensively who's on the national team, and that is Zion Johnson. I'm really glad the Jets are getting a look at him. I view him a lot 
like Elijah Vera Tucker, as you said, versatility, not only in scheme, but in position, played some tackle, played some guard. I think he's probably a guard at the NFL level. But much like Elijah Vera Tucker, there's just so much there to like in terms of him being very well-rounded as a prospect. Would love to see him on the Jets if he's there at the top of the second round. But on the American team, there are plenty of quality players just like Zion Johnson as well and a variety of different positions offensively. Tell me about who stood out today. Uh, One guy who is getting some buzz out of Louisiana, Raging Cajuns, Max Mitchell. I know he's a guy to keep an eye on the rest of the week. Some people have him going all the way up into the first round. I have not done a deep dive into his tape yet, so I can't really comment on that. But definitely someone to keep an eye on. I'd also just say keep an eye on Jamari Salyer, the Georgia He was the starting left tackle for the national champion Georgia Bulldogs. He's going to play guard at the next level. He's 6'4", 320. Uh, Absolutely a very impressive guy. Darian Kennard, he played right tackle at Kentucky, came in with extremely long arms, uh, came in 20 pounds underweight compared to what Kentucky's website had him at. So he's trying to prove that he – uh, has the mobility and athleticism to play tackle. I do think he's going to be better at guard just because he's kind of one of those really mean, nasty guys. You saw that a little bit today. This tight end group, both squads really, but for the American, Grant Calcaterra, that guy was an absolute stud at Oklahoma, had to retire because of concussions, went to Southern Methodist after coming back. He's a very talented pass catcher. Daniel Bellinger out of San Diego State, very good blocker. Greg Dolchich is a, a a favorite of, I know, Mike Renner over at PFF, one of his favorite guys at tight end. So this is a big group of tight ends, that, and it might be the deepest group of, uh, of prospects in the entire class for the tight end position. Defensively now, we can talk about who we were referring to, and that, of course, is Jermaine Johnson, <laughs> the edge rusher out of Florida State. I think he's one of the more underrated players in the draft, and when all is said and done, I think he's going to end up being a top 20 pick. As far as I'm concerned, if the Jets can't land Thibodeau or Hutchinson, that's an interesting possibility for them. I'm not sure about 10, but if they slid back a little bit, certainly. But if they like him enough at 10, maybe. He lit things up today by all accounts. Tell me about what you saw from him and what you saw from some of the other defensive players on the American team. I'd take him at 10. I'll tell you that right now. If I needed a defensive end, uh, I love Jermaine Johnson. He has power. He has speed around the edge, incredibly high motor. He has a diverse pass, uh, pass rush toolbox. He's got a, a bunch of different moves he can turn to, and he'll set you up throughout the game to win later on, which you love to see. Chase's plays down all over the field. He's reportedly ran a four five forty in high school. I mean, and he's a leader. He's a guy that had to go to Independence Community College to start his college career because he didn't have the grades, kind of figured out how to get it done in the classroom, transferred to Georgia, obviously a very crowded defensive line room, senior season, transfers over to Florida State where he can take on a leadership role, and he thrived despite a a big mess around him. So looking at the defensive side of the ball, obviously Roger McCreary is a name that needs to be talked about. A lot of people have him as a first-round pick, but he's a guy that came in with those 29-inch arms like Khalil Shakur. Very concerning. Another thing, like you do not see guys playing outside cornerback 
with 29-inch arms. So it's going to be really interesting to see how his draft stock is impacted by that arm length. Are teams going to take him off the board because he doesn't meet their criteria with the arm length and he's not going to be able to play outside? He might have to play inside. I personally think he can play outside. I would not spend a first rounder on him like some people are saying, but um, that's one of those storylines to keep an eye on throughout the draft. Uh, Fedarian Mathis and Devontae Wyatt, I think we've talked about them preview in the national championship. Devontae Wyatt's from Georgia, Fedarian Mathis from Alabama. Both of these guys, interior defensive linemen, they are going to be tough, tough uh, assignments for guards and centers at the next level. I think both of them have very impressive skill sets, size, play demeanor. They're going to be tough to deal with. Uh, Kingsley and Igbari out of South Carolina. This guy is kind of a freak show uh, with his length and with his athletic ability. He's going to be a guy probably similar to Sanders and um, Sanders and Ebiketti in terms of his range, probably second maybe third round, you could grab him and plug him into the lineup, I think, pretty early on. Any players you were looking forward to watching that weren't there, that pulled out at the last minute, that you were disappointed you couldn't see? Well, Cameron Thomas couldn't participate out of San Diego State. He led America in uh, quarterback pressures this year. And he's a high-motor, high-effort guy that can kind of play all across the defensive line. He wasn't able to play because of – I believe he suffered an injury uh, prior to practice. Um, Other than that, uh, I don't think there was anybody who was not able to participate that I was really looking forward to. Jordan DeLugo, our friend who covers the Jaguars for Generation Jag and also runs the DraftJournal.com. This is a busy time for you, my friend, because you're covering the Senior Bowl, but also news of the Jaguars coaching hire could break at any second. So you've got to be on high alert at all times. Really appreciate you coming on and talking about the Senior Bowl with me. Tell everybody how they can interact with you on social media. Check out all your reporting on the Jaguars and, of course, what you've got up at thedraftjournal.com. Absolutely. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. Follow the Draft Journal at the Draft Journal. Generation Jaguar is at Generation Jag. And on the draftjournal.com, I published uh, 10 potential risers at the Senior Bowl this week. I think we've probably talked about most of those guys <laughs> on the episode here today. Um, but you can check that out at the Draft Journal. And I've just been pumping out um, scouting reports. Latest one is Traylon Burks. You can check that out. I think he's probably going to be a top 10 pick, if not very close to it. Rare combination of size, speed, and just I think he might have the most natural hands in the class. And next up will be Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. So I'm looking forward to that as well. I think Traylon Burks is the best wide receiver in this draft. I wouldn't pick a wide receiver at number 10 for the Jets, but if they do pick one, I hope that it's Burks. And if you want to see more about Burks, check out Jordan's work at thedraftjournal.com, but also check out our videos over on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, courtesy of the Thunder from down under Luke Grant. He's got one on Traylon Burks. He's got one on the Colorado State tight end Trey McBride, who's been getting a lot of buzz among Jets fans as well. He's got one up now of Aiden Hutchinson. Will he make it to four? A lot of people don't seem to think so, but then again, 
up until a couple days before the draft a few years ago, we thought Sam Darnold was a lock to go to Cleveland. So things can change. You never know. Watch all the videos that are up on our YouTube channel and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt. The Zach the Ripper shirt. The Zach Says Go Long shirt. We've got the Play Like a Jet logo shirt. Mugs, hoodies, caps. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. And give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.